Hey friends, Kurt here. This show is our annual outdoor retailer review show that we do. And so for you new listeners, this is not our standard format. Normally, we're out there interviewing amazing guests, adventure sports enthusiasts. This show, however, is several interviews for innovative products in the outdoors industry. And we do this so you can hear about what's headed down the pipe, new ideas that are coming into the outdoor space that might be useful for your adventures. Hope that you enjoy this non-standard format. It'll be a little bit of fun. There's a lot of nuggets down in there about great products that you may want, gear that you may need for your next adventure. So enjoy. Those microphones do this. So Travis is being picky (laughs) as a producer. We are recording. Hey, everybody. This is our annual outdoor retailer show. We do one of these once a year. We attend the Outdoor Retailer, which is the trade show for the outdoors industry, which is amazing, huge, awesome show. And we do this to try to bring new, innovative outdoors products to our audience so you guys will know what's happening in the outdoors industry just a little bit. And this year, we brought on a whole team of people so that we could cover the show a little bit better. So I wanted to get everyone here in a circle. We're all sitting down just to share our first impressions of the outdoor retailer shows. So, everyone introduce yourselves. Hi, um, I'm Sarah, and uh, my initial thoughts of this e- expo is that it's crazy. There are <laughs> booths that are like two stories high with huge luxury couches. There's people from all walks of life. Um, I talked to someone from as far as Alaska to tons of people local to Colorado, and it's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Jensen, and I, I yeah I, I agree with you. There's there's insane places that they've built like two story buildings and stuff where they're selling things. It's a lot way bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's really cool. I'm Colton Jensen's brother. Um, we've been friends with with Kurt here for a long know, time. How many years? We've known you forever. <laughs> so it's it's been great. Uh, it's, this is a first for me. I've never been to an outdoor expo. Um, and it's certainly been an eye-opener. It's kind of motivated me to kind of get out there in the, into the outdoors because I don't do enough of that. And yeah. I, I live I live in the mountains, and there's plenty of opportunity, but I don't take advantage of it. So, Well, well hey, I got a podcast idea for you. Let, meet with me after this. I'll let you know which one to listen to. It's really motivating. It'll inspire I think you I know which outside. one you're talking about. Yeah. I think I, think I, I, think I, I uh, scrolled past it. <laughs> yeah, time or two. Yeah. Well, something I learned from Alar, which blew my mind, yeah, is that the outdoor industry is a eight hundred billion, with a B, dollar a year industry. Now that's eight hundred thousand million, yeah, dollar a year industry. A year. That's insane. And so, outdoor retailer is the biggest trade show for the outdoor industry in the United States. One of the biggest in the world. And so we're here and we're having a lot of fun. Yep. What did you guys see that kind of was like, whoa, check that out? There's an electric dirt bike. <laughs> that was pretty that interesting. Was cool. yeah. You see that? Yeah, that yeah. caught my eye for sure. We saw that. Man, looked like a lot of fun. You see the yeah. sprocket on the back of that? Yeah, I know. It was huge. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I guess guess I'm kind of old school. I spent a lot of time with um, some of the trail associations. Right on. (laughs) Just hearing about how each year it changes depending on, like, weather conditions. Um, So, yeah, a lot of really cool nonprofits came out this year. Yep. We also tried some freeze-dried lasagna. Yeah. (laughs) I got to say, it was really good. It tasted like real lasagna. I was impressed. I was impressed. We're kind of like, wow. Yeah, freeze-dried food that you could actually enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really good. Yeah, I mean, I we talked to a, a few people who who made very unique snowboards. One of them was a full carbon fiber snowboard, really, and another one was completely made out of wood. And and his goal was apparently to uh, cut environmental damage down uh, in snowboard production. And so I found that pretty cool. Yeah. So a lot of neat stuff. A lot of neat stuff. I think one. Did you guys see the um, the Rilo camera, the 360 degree camera? It was it was down on that street level. That's, that thing that was, so was cool. amazing. I mean, the the clarity of this thing, and it would stitch the the, the both cameras, you know, front and back, and right. stitch those pictures. And you could the key to it was it was all software driven, so you could go into your cell phone in the app oh, yeah, I've seen your that. video and you can pick where you're looking exactly. depending yes. on the time yeah, that, is, that was really cool like that. Yeah, we that, that. that was crazy so we're hoping to get one of those cameras so that we can start posting some great YouTube videos yeah. for uh, all of our listeners to That'd enjoy awesome. but 
anyway, it's a it's a really really cool camera, Rilo. Yeah, and they're just kind of launching. They were. It was very new. Yeah, very new. So, it, you know, everyone knows what GoPro is, and, and it's that kind of an idea, but it is so versatile, and they've done such a good job with image stabilization. I think it's going to be a, a huge hit. And they're really small as well, right? Yeah. They're really oh, they're tiny. Yeah. yeah. But really, really cool. Imagine yeah. mountain biking in, like, the Rockies. And yeah, that's like what we said. That would be so cool. Bike, yeah. You know what's crazy is there are actually quite a few large retailers, which are up on this floor, that are missing this year. They're not here. Yeah. So what you're seeing here may end up actually getting considerably bigger if they decide to come to Colorado because this is the first year it's been in Colorado. Right, right. And, and we've already, we've been here a day and we haven't even scratched the surface it seems like. Right. All the stuff here, so I can't imagine it getting bigger. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> exactly. it's huge. So how big is big? It's three stories. At three least. stories in the Colorado <laughs> Convention Center. Did anyone go to the bottom story? No. So we're talking about how big it is. But none of us wow, even yeah. know what was on the bottom story. <laughs> we yeah, should get down crazy. there as a group just for fun. We should. <laughs> the reason I wanted to do this is kind of give you, the listeners, a feel for what an outdoor retailer is. And we're going to follow this up with some miniature interviews that we had for uh, people that had some cool, innovative things that we think might be. Uh, valuable for you guys. You know, we're not we're not trying to market this stuff to you. We're just trying to keep our finger on the pulse of the outdoor world and thought we would share that with our listeners. So that's coming up. Can I introduce myself now then? No. <laughs> this is Travis. Everybody and, uh, knows who this is. I'm a uh, co-host of the Adventure Sports Podcast. It's good talking to you guys. And <laughs> this episode is brought to you in part by Bark Bath by Bissell. The easier way to bathe your dog Tired of making messes trying to bathe your dog indoors? The self-contained unit makes it easy. Check it out. Bark Bath by Bissell. It's just a test. <laughs> I'm here with Dan Leroy, and the reason is because of winter stick. So there are a few people around, not many, but that are doing kind of a, a boutique business for the snow sports, and Dan is one of them, Winter Stick Snowboards. I wanted him to share with you guys the history of how he started making snowboards and what his little uh, niche of the market's all about. Great. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, I, uh, I started making snowboards in uh, the end of 2006. Uh, I was in Telluride, and uh, a company called Wagner Custom uh, just started out there. They're making uh, custom skis, uh, and uh, my uh, now friend Marty Bonacci was uh, building boards for Winter Stick and got pulled up there for with Wagner Custom to help build out the shop. Uh, run the CNC machines and whatnot. Uh, I guess I was the only guy with a math degree in Telluride at the time, so I, re- <laughs> so I responded to the, uh, the ad in the paper saying they need somebody to run the robot. Uh, you know, Cartesian coordinates and logic, piece of cake, no problem. Uh, so uh, I moved to Telluride the year before. Uh, I've been skiing since I was three, snowboarding since I was 13, uh, and built some skateboards in college and kind of got into the Wagner and, and they said oh yeah by the way we're going to be making winter sticks occasionally uh, my jaw kind of dropped and I was like yay like, you know, it was just that brand growing up that you know they were never winning the contest they won't be in the Olympics or anything like that but they were just about having fun going back in the back country and having fun in the snow. Right. Uh, so I really uh, kind of connected with the brand and uh, and helped make their boards for seven years while I was working at Wagner Custom. Uh, when I stopped working there, I, I went on uh, what I call a kind of a ski baticle. Uh, went up to just the Rockies. Uh, I bartended in Big Sky for two months at the end of the year, living out of my car uh, in the parking lot, but bartending uh, and, and riding. And uh, kind of in the middle of it all, uh, the owners of Winterstick called me up and said, that, you know, we, we noticed that you used to make our boards at the Wagner sh- shop. Uh, you know, would you come out and, and help us make a, a factory in, in Sugarloaf? Because, uh, you know, Seth Westcott and, and Tom Fremont Smith, the, the owners of, of Winterstick, big CVA guys, uh, Carabasset Valley Academy, and uh, in, in all about uh, the East Coast there at Sugarloaf, uh, they had finangled a, a empty barn pretty much with a chairlift coming out of it at the base of Sugarloaf. <laughs> That's fun. You know, the West Mountain Ski Barn. 
Uh, used to be the uh, the golf course uh, pro shop. So uh, I showed up there in March 7th, March 16th, March 16th, uh, and uh, and turned an empty barn into a into a manufacturing facility. Um, went out there, and uh, you know, I had left Wagner. Uh, to pursue other business interests, but I wasn't really interested in getting back into into building snowboards just because I saw it as a kind of a, a a toxic process. You know, if for a, for a comp- for a industry that wants to be so green, uh, most of the construction of our equipment is not right. Mm, and I'd okay. heard that uh, a lot. You know, as I well, ski building just isn't a green industry. And so, once you say that, you don't have to try. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. so uh, I was I was really interested in trying and uh, and also uh, using natural materials. You know, wood wants to bond much better than, than plastic. So uh, we, we started the, uh, the factory and uh, we could outsource plastic top sheets and, and, uh, and we had plastic sidewalls and, and could make a regular snowboard like everybody else did. Uh, but I saw an opportunity to make something that didn't look like anybody else made right. it, and uh, and the wood veneer is a classy look. Uh, we got a laser. Uh, eventually, we started out with just a brand, like a, a heated piece of metal, you know, burning into the wood. Yeah, burning it into the wood veneer, and just said, "Here's the W. There you go." Uh, and that was about half of the first season. We got a we got a laser machine. We started doing laser inlays, laser burning. Uh, and and with that we could, well, one, take all the plastic out of the top sheets and the sidewalls. We'd save at least a, a large coffee can worth of plastic particles right. per board, right? Uh, and so just narrowing, not narrowing down, but uh, but trimming out the process to say, hey, you know, why do we re- why as an industry do we use plastic? And it and really, if you look back, it's it's just kind of because everybody did it. You know, yeah. it's a space age material. Of course, you're going to use plastic. It's the newest, latest, greatest thing, and that came from the '70s. Um, you have to do a lot of tricks to get plastic to bond to other plastic. So the wood actually has advantages then. Huge advantages. Uh, well, tell us it's, if it's you would different. tell us about the board because it doesn't look like others. Right? It doesn't. Describe yeah. your product so people know what you're talking about here. So we have, uh, you know, a regular, uh, not regular, but a high-quality 4,000-density uh, P-TEC-centered base. Uh, you know, Seth Westcott uh, is, a, is a big border crosser, won some gold medals. And so we want our, our sticks to, to slide, and they do. And, and the base is what the interface is with the snow. Other than that, uh, when you get into construction, they... Uh, Instead of plastic side walls, we have maple or ash side walls. So instead of a piece of plastic, it looks like a, a baseball bat almost. Uh, instead of a plastic top sheet with a bunch of graphics printed onto it, we have a piece of wood that we can CNC laser uh, marquetry, drop in different inlays. We can we can burn it in different uh, things, so we can do all sorts of different artwork on top of the board, uh, and still do a, a customized aspect and a really classy looking product. Uh, but we're just using wood we're using you know natural stuff uh we don't need a plastic supplier we don't need a dye supplier we don't need a printer uh you know we just use the natural materials um when you get into wood it's it's porous so the epoxy can soak into it and and the the board actually becomes more homogenous becomes more one piece because the epoxy mm. is soaked through every layer in that board with a, with a plastic layup you know you have to do a lot of sanding and flame treating and do a lot of tricks to get the plastic to stick together uh and by taking that out you know i think we made a more solid product the uh the manufacturing stream is is much greener you know uh with the plastic with a coffee can full of plastic shavings that just sucks uh, a plastic can full of sawdust, you can bed your hamster, you can mulch your garden, you can do whatever you want with it. Right. Uh, mix it with some wax and, and make a fire starter. It's it's much more uh, green of a manufacturing process. Very cool, very cool. So how can people get more information about Winterstick? Winterstick.com, of course, is, is our is our website. Uh, I'm here in Colorado, and, uh, and you can reach me at dan at winterstick.com is my email address. 
Um, I'm doing demos across the state and, uh, right and can show up at a moment's notice if, uh, if you want me to come and, and do a demo uh, at a certain shop or, or, uh, or ski resort or something like that. So, uh, you know, we, we're trying to make a really green uh, product and also we have full custom capabilities. So we can, do, uh, we can do a big powder board and the very next press do a prototype pair of skis. And the very next press, do uh, a pair of skis for the U.S. Aerials team, perhaps. Or in the very next press, do a split board, uh, you know, that's going to go into the, the next Warren Miller film. So uh, we have a moldless process. It's, an, it's a highly evolutionary, like, turn on a dime. We can go from concept to prototype in, in three days if we have to. Nice. Uh, so it's a very flexible uh, system. Uh, but it's boutique because it's low volume, handmade, handcrafted, and and just kind of you know a classy, beautiful looking snowboard that uh, you don't really see. You I know, got a story uh, for you, Dan. So my sons and I were skiing at Crested Butte mm-hmm. this season. We're standing in the lift line. My son elbows me. And he points at some of your product on the snow, and he goes, "Dad, look at that." That is awesome. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. I want you to know. That's the reaction. Up. That's the it reaction we're out. hoping for. It's really for. cool. That might have been Daniel Hardigan. He's out there uh, representing some some winter stick, and uh, and we have a couple of riders in each uh, different you know vicinity. Right. And uh, you know we've all, this is our our second real season producing high quality product out of this factory in Maine, but we're uh, we're very proud of it. And uh, like you said, you know, it, it catches people's eyes. Oh, it, it doesn't look out. like anything else. It looks like a kitchen cabinet on the snow, only yeah. nicer, right? <laughs> you see all the nice, beautiful wood grains. Yeah, I like to, it's I, beautiful. I like to think the, uh, the curly maple kind of uh, reminds me of a, a music instrument. There you and go. So it's an instrument uh, to interact with the snow and interact with the mountains. So, so if you want to ski on art. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's this a, is the one for you. Yeah, make music with your lines. Right on. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> Hey, thanks for coming around. You bet. Nice to talk to you. Hi, Travis here at Outdoor Retailer with Aaron Wallach. And I stopped by Aaron's booth. He's got a pretty cool product here. It's essentially a tea bag, but it's uh, to steep coffee in except... Uh, instead of tea. So I'm going to let Aaron tell you all about this thing and uh, how you might be able to use it on your next adventure. Hey Travis, thanks for having me on. Uh, We are incredibly excited to launch this product at Outdoor Retailer. So this is a compostable tea bag with organic coffee. We use specialty grade coffee directly sourced from Honduras and from Nicaragua and Guatemala. So we're using the highest quality bean. All you do is take this brew bag, as that's what we call it, put a cup of hot water, and that's all you need. So no equipment, no nothing. We like to call it the world's smallest coffee maker. <laughs> well, it's a great idea, and like we were talking about, I use a, you know another brand's uh, packet where the coffee mm. actually dissolves into the water. Yeah. Um, but you have a little you know leftover trash, and it's always a little bit of a grainy coffee when you're doing it. It works for backpacking trips because I can't go without my coffee. But when I saw you guys, I thought this is kind of a neat concept because you're. I just tasted the sample, and you're not really dealing with grains. You're dealing with a, a regular natural cup of coffee like you would at home. So. Exactly. I think when we started, you know, we're, I love French pressing my coffee. That's right. the way I enjoy right. it. And we wanted to create a way to do that on the go. So we spent a lot of time developing this material. So it's a plant-based starch, which allows it to also brew like a French press. Okay. So we got the right sizing. We spent a lot of our efforts and time on this, and we patted on that material. So that's our innovation, and that keeps the grinds out. So you don't get that kind of like over sooty feel, yeah. but you still get the high quality and the foaming and all the parts that people love about coffee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're telling me that the uh, the pouches themselves, the bag is compostable, fully mm-hmm. compostable, right? That's exactly right. Okay, very cool. Well, where can people find out more about your product? Right now, they could go to our website, drinkjavazen.com. Um, you can find it on Amazon Prime as well. Okay, so that's drinkjavazen.com. Thanks so much, guys. All right, man, appreciate it. We're not fortune tellers, but when you lace up our new Stronghold work boots, it's easy to see that the future looks strong. We're Danner, and after 85 years of making boots for the unforgiving Pacific Northwest, well, that means our boots come with deep roots. And the new Stronghold work boot does just that. This is what happens when iconic quality runs into modern technology. You get tomorrow's classic today. Get into the stronghold for strength that starts right from where you stand. Find your local store at danner.com. 
It's official. Winter has arrived, and Bent Gate Mountaineering is prepared to help you get ready for your epic winter. Come check out the latest in Alpine Touring, Telemark, NTN, and Splitboarding gear. They have brands like Black Crows, DPS, Dinafit, G3, Icelandic, K2, Technica Blizzard, Arcteryx, Mammoth, Solomon, Vole, Neversummer, Jones, and BCA. And you do need to be safe out there. Bentgate has the latest in avalanche safety gear. They have beacons, airbags, shovels, and probes, and they're ready to help you educate yourself on snow safety. They also rent out gear so you can get your skis and your boots there as well as your avalanche safety equipment. What's more, they also have free demo ski days at local resorts so you can try out the latest gear. Now, how much fun does that sound? So swing by Bentgate in Golden, Colorado, or go to bentgate.com to find your new gear as well as to get updates on all of their events. Hey everybody, I am here with John Russian with Outdoor Research, and I stopped in to look at their stuff. I've been seeing the Outdoor Research brand around for a while, but I didn't know a lot about it, and John just gave me an education. They solved two of my big problems, and that is with their Gore-Tex shell, the Hemispheres line. Uh, They created it in a way that the pit zips don't push into my armpits, and where the hood is flexible so that it doesn't ride on the top of my head, even if I have a helmet on. I have a tall head, so when I put a hood up on most shells, it hurts because, you know, after time, the weight of the jacket or even the weight of my pack starts getting on my head. So can you tell us a little bit about outdoor research? I'm impressed because you're solving problems. So how did you guys come about to be? Well, Kurt, thanks for stopping by. Um, We are, Outdoor Research is an outdoor apparel brand founded in 1981 by Ron Gregg. And um, he basically started the brand because he saw that good outdoor gear was all homemade and he wanted to start to make pieces that really were truly top-notch mountaineering gear and just to start to make it for people who were avid outdoorsmen and mountaineers like him. So uh, that was all the way back in 1981. We have obviously grown. Uh, Innovation has been our main focus the whole time, staying close to our core user, that climber, that mountaineer, that skier, um, all in the core sports that um, we make products for. So I was just chatting with Kurt, and he just mentioned the uh, Hemispheres jacket and bibs. So that is a new product for Fall 18 for us, and uh, it is definitely one of the highlights for us. We have received multiple awards for it, and the big thing with the Hemispheres jacket and bibs is the Gore-Tex fabric with stretch technology. We are the first to market with this, and it is a totally waterproof product, Uh, the Hemispheres jacket and bibs all Gore-Tex, totally waterproof, and it has the stretch technology in it placed in key places on the garments, um, on the jacket, around the hood, across the shoulders in the back, um, and under the armpits. And in the bibs, it's in the um, inner thighs and in the seat. And this technology is completely waterproof and unbelievably stretchy. And I could talk about it all day, but it really doesn't do it justice until you try one on like Kurt just did and saw all the things that it was able to do for him that he was missing in his current ski gear. You know, I want to talk about the bibs. So this is a waterproof shell. And the issue that I have mountain climbing is that if I put on a shell... Usually it's not stretchy enough, so if I have to take a large step to get on top of a boulder or something, it restricts my movement. Especially a problem in the wintertime when I have to have more and more gear on, Mm -hmm. and over time it just wears you out, right? But what you just showed me is that this has that Gore-Tex stretch fabric, so you don't get that binding. So you you can have freedom of movement. So you just solved a third problem of mine. So I'm really impressed. Outdoor research is thinking it through and doing it right. So really cool. So how can people get more information? Uh, You can always check out our website, www.outdoorresearch.com, and um, always drop us a line. Uh, We love hearing from people. We love hearing any... Um, from users that have any suggestions, recommendations, problems they found with the product, we are absolutely open to listening, and we love to hear from people uh, just about the brand and the products that they use, and we really appreciate uh, any feedback that we could get. Right on. Well, this is good stuff. I'm really impressed, so I'm glad that you took the time to talk to me today. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Thanks for stopping by, Kurt. You bet.
All right, this is Travis back at OR. I'm with Drew Loader from Link. Uh, Drew is the COO of the company. Um, Link has this really cool device, and it's a basically a location device uh, for us recreationalists. So it's not so much a survival recovery device for burials and that kind of thing. It's more for when you're out there with your family uh, skiing and you get separated at a lift or something like that. So you all can wear this device and locate, have a, an idea of where all of your family members are so I will let uh, I will let Drew fill us in on what link is and how it works. Hey Travis thanks for coming by the booth today. Yeah I'm ex- we're excited to talk about this. We're launching our product we work on this four long hard years. It's like we're giving birth to our baby finally and what we have we call it a people compass. It works everyone has a unit shaped like a carabiner kind of a figure eight style. So it has a built-in carabiner you clip it to your pack, you clip it to your people, you put it in your pocket. And what you do is you link these together, you create a network, closed network of you and your friends. Works up to, we say three miles, it goes further. We say up to three miles, it goes to go further, but we want to under-promise and over-deliver. Sure. With a touch of one button, you're able to cycle through and see your friends. Justin's 50 feet that way, Mary's 120 feet that way, Tom's there, Sarah's a quarter mile through there. You see this little magic arrow that points you in the direction and distance of your group. And we're super excited to launch. So this thing, like you said, it's a, it's like a, a plastic carabiner. It's got a screen on it, L- or a LCD screen, yes, sir. and it shows distance to the person that you are looking for. So you basically cycle through the names uh, up to 12 people, correct? Correct. Right, so up to 12 people can be linked up. And you cycle through the names. You find the one that you're looking for. So maybe uh, you know Harry got you know lost at the lift, and he's down on the, the black diamond bumps, and That's you don't it. want him to be there. Um, so you cycle to Harry's name, and there's a dot, and it points to the direction Harry is in, and it tells you how far you are to Harry. So what ac- what kind of accuracy do you guys have on this device? You just down to 15 feet. 15 feet. So you'll okay. find people down to 15 feet. Excellent. And we call it the magic arrow. So yeah. you'll see there's a small dot the further away, the closer you get to somebody, it widens up. And when you finally get close to someone, it'll actually light up the whole screen, say nearby, telling you to lift your head up. And you start looking party. around. That's it. Okay, and then, so what does it run on as far as power, and how long does that last? So I want to introduce right? Matt. He's also he's one of my partners, he's one of the founders as well, and wanted to bring him in and have him answer some questions. Matt, you want to answer? So the underlying technology? Yeah, not so much underlying technology. We know it, it, you told me it works with RF, but what kind of battery life can so you, somebody we'll, expect? We'll get about three days. We're at three days now. Our goal is by the time we deliver this in May, June, because we're taking our pre-sales starting in the next few weeks, mm-hmm. is to have a four-day battery life. We okay. want it to last from a Friday to a Monday. So if you're long weekend at a festival, sure. you're skiing, you're camping with friends, or give you the benefit, oops, I forgot to charge it. So you're not going to die on the water. Yeah, exactly. So we want to be able to, you know, that battery life is a key, key factor. Oh, for it us. is. Yeah, we were just talking about how battery life in cold weather is, is poorer and poorer you yeah. know, as it gets colder. Absolutely. Um, and then, so it has a rechargeable battery and your, yes, chargeable, your typical uh, micro, micro USB, the most predominant charger in the world. I have that for now. Yep. Bigger plans down the lines of product evolution, but right now we're with micro USB. This Pretty is awesome. happy with it. This is so cool. We love it. As I said, it's been four long years. Now tell me about the uh, the I'd call it geofencing, but you're safe talking zone. about safe zone. So mm-hmm. tell me about that. How's that work? So you're able to set a safe zone at your discretion. What that is, I told you a story <laughs> earlier. Previously, we were talking with me, myself and my daughter were in the Bahamas this summer. I was at the pool bar getting some sun. She was in sand dunes collecting hermit crabs. But so I set a safe zone up so right at the water's edge if she went there, it gives me an audible alert, vibration, and a light. Correct. So, so when she basically all the bells zone, and whistles go off, it hits alarming. that zone and you're able to act upon that. We so also do cool. it for people in your group. You know, we work very, we say it's the three W's so we, so we solve that pain point. We're worrying, wandering, waiting around. And the wandering is a big big potential for us or big big field for us when you look at autism and Alzheimer's so we're looking at special needs people sure. working with the Thompson Foundation for Autism to address those needs for wandering to keep our loved ones safe to save lives yeah what a great idea well you used the term uh, sixth sense earlier and I thought that it made a lot of sense because it's it is uh, completely intuitive to pick this thing up and just kind of glance at it right and there's some really cool technology built into it like you said when it's uh, hanging upside down like a carabiner would be you know, on you, it's kind of dormant in a way. And when you pick it up, it knows that you want to interact with it and it starts waking up and, and starting to tell you where everybody is. Matt calls it a superpower, and I agree with him 100%. <laughs> yep. When you have this on you, it, it literally becomes a sixth sense to you. Knowing where, you know, 
you might not have to locate someone all the time. I might not have to go find you, but the peace of mind to know where you are and your loved ones and your friends are and to, and to plan your day around that so you're not worrying and wandering and waiting around. So you're not sitting and you can enjoy your life. It gives you the freedom to do so. Right. Well, not about creepy tracking, but like my example Correct. was riding dirt bikes. We'll be go- I'll be going down a trail and we're separated because we don't want to run sure. up on each other. The same sure. thing with mountain biking or skiing or any you name it, any one of these adventure sports. And I'll get to a trail junction and maybe my buddy went straight and I'm not quite sure which way he went. I'm looking for the dust cloud. I'm looking for, <laughs> listening for noise. You know, I got to stop and I got to try to figure out where he went because sure. he wasn't kind enough to stop and wait wait for me. Of course. Um, so basically, all I need to do is pick this thing up and it That's points. It. it says, you know what? He's half a mile straight, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I keep going. I don't Absolutely. have to sweat. So like you were talking about. Everybody wants their own experience. That's and it. in that situation, I'm not getting all mad at my friend no. because oh. he kept going. I just look and look, okay, he went that way, and I You're can keep going. going. And That's I don't it. Have to, you know, yeah. that's, that's freedom. I always say freedom to enjoy your time. Right. As humans, we're social beings. We want to be around each other. We strive to be around each other in numerous areas. But the conundrum is we all want our own experience. Right. So this solves that pain point. It gives yeah. you the ability, the freedom to have your own experience, but know your group is. Safety in your numbers. Yeah, I love it. Cool. It's a tracker, but it's liberating, right? It right. gives you that peace of mind that if you do separate, you'll be able to get back to them whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In exactly. fact, it works anywhere in the world. I mean, Matt's been in, everywhere from Thailand, we've been to Iceland, we've been all over the world. Pull this out of the box. And we talked about it before. In fact, you own this. There's no subscription. There's uh, no yes. cell phone. There's no towers. no SIM card. No network. No Wi-Fi. None of that's needed. Out of the box, this will work for the life of the product for as long as you own it. And you just hang on to it. Yeah, we talked about, you know, there's a certain tracking uh, device I use when I'm out, you know, in the back back country. And as the prices keep going up every year, okay. I start getting more and more aggravated, starting to wonder right. how useful this thing is. Do I really need to pay that sure. annual subscription for this? Sure. And, you know, this is not a tracking device in that sense where it broadcasts your location to a satellite. This is more about keeping track of the people that you're People we care with. about. Exactly. Yeah. People we care about. Exactly. Doing but, we, you know, there's specific devices, devices you reference to that save lives and purpose right. built for avid lands for people recovery and you know we're gonna step on those toes exactly. we just want to add to no, that value i think it's uh, definitely got a place all right cool so the company is link it's l-y-n-q and i assume link.com it's link me l-y-n-q-m-e.com and we're doing pre-sales uh starting the next couple weeks so awesome. we encourage everybody to sign up here at outdoor retailers link me L-Y-N-Q-M-E.com slash outdoor. Okay. We get a little extra bonus. We're deeply discounting this because we want to get this in people's hands. We want that market penetration. We know when people try this, they fall in love with it, and it becomes right. that sixth sense to them. We want to get it out there. And have yeah, it, have I it. absolutely see it. Absolutely see it. And what does it retail for? 129 is the retail. As I said, we're looking for outdoor retailers. We have a special bonus. Be up you know, north of, north of 40% off. Okay, excellent. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, cool product. Travis, thanks so much for stopping by. Look yeah. forward to thanks, Travis. My pleasure, guys. Hey, I'm standing here at the Acclimate Formulation or Acclimate Mountain Sport Drink booth. And what caught my eye about this is... They are saying that altitude sickness, which you've heard us talk a lot about on our show, costs Colorado snow sports industry an estimated $600 million each year. These are people that come up and get altitude sickness so they don't participate in the fun, and then the next vacation they may not come to Colorado at all because they haven't learned to deal with the altitude. So I have Art Trezice here, and they have formulated a sports drink powder that fights altitude sickness. So... Tell us about this. Okay, Kurt. Well, um, as you mentioned, it's been formulated in Gunnison by my partner, Roran Hauk. Uh, the idea is that we've got a product here that's going to deal with the obvious symptoms of altitude aid, which are related to uh, dehydration first, electrolyte depletion, that sort of thing. So the powder drink has a combination of electrolytes, vitamins, and minerals so that you stay hydrated. But the real magic sauce is the herbal extracts that are in there for rhodiola, ginkgo, and schisandra. And what those do is they're adaptogenic herbs that help your body deal with stress, be it altitude, be it fatigue, be it a hangover, be it uh, stress from work, whatever the case may be. And over the years, Roanne had been putting these together individually on a case-by-case basis as folks came to see her at the clinic, and eventually she decided to package it and put it to use. And the question we always get is, does it work? So anecdotally, we know that it works because we've been dealing with this for 15 years with repeat customers. So we have the folks that come to Gunnison, for example, every year to their vacation homes. They don't get it one year, they get sick, they come back, they get the product the next year. Next year, they don't think they're going to get sick, and that cycle sort of repeats itself to where we now have 
a regular shipping pattern to, for example, Dallas, where we have a lot of folks that come and visit us. But I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, which is the issue of altitude sickness. As you know, that's probably a little bit of on a spectrum, if you will, because you can have somebody with acute mountain sickness who is having fluid in their lungs or hypoxia and that sort of thing to somebody who's just having a hard time sleeping at night. And that's one of the symptoms is restlessness. And what tends to happen is folks have a restless night the first day they show up, and the next day they go out and exercise. They get dehydrated at altitude. They drink alcohol. They don't get the sleep they need, and it begins to compound itself. And by the third day, they're having a miserable time. Other folks have a miserable time the minute they get off the plane. So what we've been trying to do is to encourage folks to consume this stuff before they come up here. It's all natural, uh, no artificial ingredients, allergen-free. There's a minimal amount of sugar in there, which is to be able to help you drink the stuff without being offended by the taste of the vitamins that are in there. And what we're finding is we got a little bit of a secondary market as well, which is a lot of the athletes out there want a drink that has electrolytes in it but doesn't have a ton of sugar, doesn't have the colors that some of these sport drinks that you see out there would have. And we're not really a sport drink per se. We're not here to give you calories, to give you carbs and keep you going. It's really an electrolyte replacement coupled with this magical herbal uh, 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 remedy that Rowan has put together that will really make you uh, spend time in Colorado and enjoy yourself at altitude. Very cool. So I was just looking at the back of one of these packets, and uh, there are more vitamins in here than I can quickly say, but all of the standard stuff that you're going to get from dehydration uh, seem to be included, plus the herbs you're talking about. Mm-hmm. How do you use this? So is this something you need to do all day or just one day, or do you do it after you're sick, you want to do it before you're sick? Ideally, what we recommend and the way we package our product is we have it in cartons or tubs with 30 servings, and the idea is that you would take it three days before arriving at altitude, three times a day. They're individual packet servings that you mix with water, and once you're in Colorado or at altitude anywhere else, you consume it three times a day as needed. There's nothing in here that'll harm you. Some folks respond to less, some folks respond to more. Uh, Nothing in here that's counterindicated for children or anybody on medication or anything like that. Very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to trying it. You know, I sleep at altitude, so altitude sickness isn't a big deal for me. But when I climb 14ers, depending on how hydrated I am, sometimes I still have a little bit of altitude sickness. That's right. So I'm going to try it out, see how it works. I would encourage you to try it and just see if you notice an increase in your own performance when you're doing something, whether there's altitude sickness or not. Check it out. See how those adaptogenic herbs treat you. Right on. I'll use it on Hartman Rocks. All right. Good. Thanks, Kurt. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate it. Special thanks to our sponsor, Bissell Bark Bath. Bathing your dog is messy, and it trashes your house. Groomers are expensive, and in the wintertime especially, you can't clean a dog outside. It's just too cold. Well, the Bissell Bark Bath has solved all these problems. You have a spray nozzle that sprays a solution under the fur on the skin, and then you have a suction that lifts that dirty, wet solution out of your dog's fur. You can clean your dog anywhere in the house without making a mess. It only uses 48 ounces of water. It's a great, convenient way to give your dog a nice cleaning indoors. For more information or to buy your bark bath, go to bissell.com forward slash adventure sports. That is B-I-S-S-E-L-L dot com slash adventure sports. Use adventure sports for the coupon code and they will send you two free no rinse shampoo bottles as well. You know, we might be smack dab in the middle of winter these days, but spring is really just right around the corner. Make sure you've got one of our lightweight camp stoves ready to go in your pack for when the weather starts turning warmer. Both the 180 stove and the 180 flame are designed to burn the abundant wood fuels you find on the ground instead of requiring you to haul in heavy, messy camp fuels. Take a minute to head on over to our site at www.180tack.com to check out these American-made stoves that are built to last. You'll be helping us, and you'll be helping the Adventure Sports Podcast. Thanks, guys. Kurt here. Hey, we're at the Danner booth at Outdoor Retailer. And I am with Donald McClellan, who is a rep for Danner, and he just told me some amazing things about the company. A lot of you probably know Danner boots. They have amazing work boots. They have great hiking boots and that sort of thing. But it's rare that you get to sit down and get the skinny on a boot. So uh, for all of you through hikers out there, you mountain climbers out there, listen up. Here we go. So what can you tell us about Danner that makes Danner unique? Uh, So Danner's been a boot manufacturer for a long time. Uh, in the Pacific Northwest. We moved to Portland in about 1937 and have maintained a manufacturing facility there since then. 
Um, not everything in the line is made in the U.S., but um, at this point probably about uh, a third to 40% of the line at any given time we make here. The stuff that we import, we maintain the exact same um, uh, quality uh, standards as we do with anything we, we make here. And we make a lot of different uh, constructions. Um, the, the brand philosophy as a whole is just trying to keep people as comfortable as possible um, as they move around, mostly in the outdoors. We're a very uh, Pacific Northwest-centered brand, so um, just trying to keep people dry and stable um, as they do whatever it is they do, hike, hunt, work um, in the outdoors. Well, it's cool. One thing that I noted about it is we were looking at the, the displays here is that there's a lot of leather. Yes. There's a lot of Vibram soles. Mm-hmm. We're seeing things that you might have to break in a little bit before you take off on a long hike, but they're going to last a lifetime once they fit you right and they're broken in correctly. This is a pretty high-quality thing here. Yeah, we pride ourselves um, whether it is a, a single-piece leather upper or whether it's some of our more modern boots that have uh, a little bit more piecing and a little bit more nylon um, on being uh, as high quality, the best value for the money in whatever class of boots uh, you're looking for. You know, we understand not everyone can pay over $300 for a pair of boots, so we're doing our best to make boots that are a little bit more price accessible for folks, Um, and that sometimes means a little bit less leather, a little bit more nylon, um, but even uh, those, those types of products, um, you know, we set out to make a boot that will last. Right on. So we have to get the anecdote about the movie. Mm-hmm. So the boot was featured in Wild. And what happened? We made, I think, about 10 pairs uh, of our Mountain Light Cascade boots custom to Reese Witherspoon's foot. They uh, wore them up and down, you know, as they were filming um, the, the movie Wild. You know, she, she tossed a pair of our boots off the side of a cliff uh, <laughs> in that movie. And, you know, we actually, uh, there, there's a, um, a fun story in the Oregonian. Um, a hiker came across one, uh, one, I don't think it was a full pair, I think it was one boot that the uh, production company missed picking up after, probably about a year afterwards. And, you know, it, it had weathered the, the just... <laughs> <laughs> sitting out there in the Pacific Northwest, uh, rainy storms and everything. But um, it's been great to have, you know, we've been featured in Wild. We were actually in not this uh, last James Bond movie, but the Bond movie before that. There's that scene up in the Alps, um, and he's in a pair of uh, our mountain lights as well, the same boot that was in uh, the Wild movie. Oh, that's funny. And you may remember in the movie, she was messing with a boot and dropped one down the cliff and got mad and threw the other. That's right. And so in the movie, it was made out that it was a matter of the right fit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So um, I think in the book, it, it wasn't necessarily a fit issue as much as just the boot was a little bit heavy and, uh, and gave her some pretty bad blisters. Um, in the movie, it was blisters as well, but it was more of a preparation fit. Um, and, you know, it, I mean, it, it is, you know, very important, uh, you know, all of us who spend time outdoors to get uh, the right pair of boots for your feet um, so that, you know, when you're out there and, you know, whether you're by yourself or whether you're with your family or friends, you know, you don't want, you don't want to be worrying about your feet. And we want to make sure we're creating boots that, that are protective and supportive and stable enough that your feet aren't the thing you have to worry about with us. Yeah. And I'd like to point out there are a lot of brands out there that are going lighter and lighter and lighter and boots that you can buy off the shelf and do a through hike with. They won't last the whole hike, but you can do a through hike with. Mm-hmm. This is the type of boot for the people that want to buy quality. They want to break it in. They want to make sure that it's the boot that will last a lifetime and they can pass it on to their kids. I mean, this is the kind of boot we're talking about with Danner. Uh, especially those those mountain lights, uh, the old school single piece leather. Uh, absolutely. That's a lifetime boot. You know, like I said, we are trying to make boots for a lot of different budgets um, a lot of different um, types of users. So I don't want to, you know, box us into just one right. uh, sort of overbuilt uh, corner because we've, we've, st- we've stayed in that corner for a long time and, um, and we still make those boots. Um, but uh, we, do, we do have a variety of, of boots and all of them, all of them are going to last longer than whatever else is on the shelf at that same price point. Well, and I'm, I'm impressed with your fashion boots, too. There's some I need to pick up. But, Donald, thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, thank you, guys. It was nice to meet you.
Good morning. All right, Travis here. I am with Doug Storer from Night Trek Tactical Shoe Lights. These are some lights that actually clip into the tongue of your shoe or onto laces, onto the laces on the tongue of your shoe. So they broadcast a light pattern out in front of you as you're trail running or, or running on the road. So I'm going to let Doug tell you guys what these things are. And uh, Doug, just kind of explain what they're looking at. So they sure. Thanks, it. Travis. Well, these uh, this is Night Trek 270 Tactical Shoe Light. So this will give you 150 lumens with a 30-foot beam distance out in front. So you can identify any hazards in your path before they get on top of you. You also have a red facing uh, backlight so any traffic that's around you if you're urban running they can see you uh, from all sides. Uh, this is lithium-ion battery, uh, three to five hours of battery life so you can extend your adventure. Uh, we also have a, a new model which is the Night Trek Extreme. This offers 400 lumens and over 10 hours of battery life. Uh, they're, both models are very light. Uh, they clip onto the shoelaces, very stable pedestal. And the long and the short of it is it offers you hands-free lighting to extend your adventure. So it really doesn't get in the way of what you're doing. You enjoy it more and you're do, safer doing it. So you don't have to worry about a headlamp flopping around in your, your head exactly. or running with a flashlight or something like that. How do they get recharged? Is it micro USB or something? Yeah, so there's a USB on one end and then a split a micro USB on the other end, so you can charge both units at the same time. Okay. Now, our uh, Nitrec Extreme model actually has a replaceable rechargeable battery pack, so you can bring another battery pack with you. So okay. if 10 hours isn't enough, let's say you're camping in uh, for a week-long adventure, uh, you have an extra battery pack that you can pull out of the pack and pop them on right. and you're ready to go. Yeah, that makes sense. I like what you said about elongating uh, shadows in the dark. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. So these are more akin to uh, headlights on your car being a low trajectory of light. And so any obstacles in your path, they'll have a longer shadow. So if there's a stick or a dip in the trail, uh, you can better see uh, how big that obstacle is. Whereas a lot of lighting options that are coming from above will flatten things out. Right. And uh, you don't have as much uh, perspective on what that is. Okay. Very cool. All right, well, where can people find out more information about it? Well, uh, at nighttracklights.com is, is where we're selling both models. Uh, now, I, I failed to mention that the uh, Night Trek Extreme will be uh, live in March. We'll be in the, in the stores then. I also wanted to mention the, the, the defining feature of the Night Trek Extreme is the optional Bluetooth package. And what that will do is provide you with uh, performance pace alerts or performance flash alerts for pace, distance, time, and even oh, okay. altitude. So if you want to know when you've been out hiking for a, um, a mile, it will give you a flash alert. If you want to know when you've climbed 100 feet, it will give you a flash oh, alert. That's pretty cool. So the whole idea is that the technology doesn't get in the way of your adventure. Right. All right. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, and uh, we'll point some people in your direction. All right. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Thanks. So as you know, from time to time on the Adventure Sports Podcast, we talk about great ways to build an adventure-focused lifestyle. So here at OR, we bumped into Colleen Wagner with McGovern & Company, and she came across this fantastic idea for a product which you could use on your adventures for sure, but what I really like about it is the story behind the product, and I'll let Colleen describe this. So Colleen, what is it that we're looking at here? Well, we really love maps, and we love maps of the places we love. And so I was decorating my living room and really wanted some national park maps that were cool and vintage and I couldn't find anything that quite fit, so I started to make my own. And after I was done, it took me about a year to get the colors right and this perfect vintage look, I sent it to the Tetons. They loved it. And they said, you know what, you should sell these to all the parks, they'll love it. So literally, then I took that map and duct taped it to everything I could imagine and showed up at this trade show. And they wanted to buy all of it. And um, at the time, I had no idea how to make it. So I just told them, hey, I'll figure out how to make it. And now we're one of the top selling brands in the national parks. So what we're talking about are vintage maps. And we all love maps and adventure sports, right? the stuff that shows us where to go and how to get there. But these maps are on different products. So 
Uh, let's see. We have scarves. We have socks. We have mugs. We have neck warmers. We have towels. I'm, I'm just standing here looking up at the wall, and they have maps of not just national parks, but ski areas and things like that. I just thought it was really, really cool. So what a fun way to use adventure in the outdoors to create something that you can sell. So yeah. I, I continued with it really because it let me visit the national parks as part of my business. And I could have done a lot of businesses. I've had a million ideas along the way. But this is the one that stuck because it was about something I'm passionate about. I got to go visit customers in the places I want to be. Mm -hmm. And that's really what drives me is just being able to have that freedom to go to the places I love. Nice. So tell us about the artist that does the, uh, the beautiful ski area. They're not ski area maps. They're ski area pictures. They're gorgeous. So Jim Newhouse, he has created probably, I would say, I'm guessing, 90% of the ski map, trail maps that you see when you go skiing. And they're really they're really a piece of art. If you, if you really took away all of the names of the uh, trails and all of the lifts, you would see behind it, it's actually an oil painting. And so I asked Jim, I said, you know, tell me about your process. How do you create these scheme trail maps that we see? And he showed me his his artwork that really kind of he does this oil painting of all these different perspectives of the mountain. And then and that's really how it starts. And so I said, well, show me that artwork. I would really like to use that beautiful artwork on some of our products. And uh, Kevin Maston's another one who does this. And we... Uh, he does maybe more, 10% maybe of the ski uh, maps that you see. He does um, things a little differently. He takes this tracing paper and he traces the satellite images is how he starts. And I said, hey, well, what do you do with that, that tracing paper? He's like, oh, I throw it away. I said, no, no, send it to me. That's cool art. So we use that art as well on some of our products, on our buffs. That's really fun. So, you know, I don't talk about products that I think are silly these products are good. So you've all been to a tourist trap where they have their local something printed on the outside of a mug. And that's not why I stopped here. I stopped here because of the scarves and because of the neck warmers and because of the innovative way that you're doing this. This is really cool stuff. So if people want to see more or learn more, how do they get in touch with you? They can go to mcgovernandcompany.com. That's M-C-G-O-V-E-R-N-A-N-D, company.com. If you Googled it, if you just Googled McGovern Maps, you would also find us. We're on Amazon as well. And, um, yeah, come see us. So I have to say one more thing. There's a, a coffee mug here that has the ski area map on the inside of the mug. And so as you're waking up in the morning and you're drinking your coffee, little by little your day gets revealed to you. And you can plan your routes, and <laughs> that's clever. Yeah, I will tell you, this is this has been really exciting for me. We actually had some fans come by the booth. They pointed to the mug. These are super popular. People collect them from all the national parks, and now I'm sure they'll be collecting them also from all the ski resorts because it's so unique. And somebody pointed at the mug, and they ran over. They said, oh, my gosh, that's the mug. I collect them from every ski resort. And he said, are you the owner? I said, yeah. He said, can I take a picture with you? Can I take a selfie? <laughs> it, was, it was cool. So we've had a few of those. So it's really neat to see people who wear our buffs, wear, uh, buy our mugs, and are real fans. This has been, that's been a treat here. Well, Colleen, thank you for your time. This is cool stuff. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by. Okay, I'm here with Chris Schroeder and Envy Snow Sports. We were walking by and saw their booth. This is a really innovative product, and I thought, man, I've never seen anything like this. So I wanted to talk to Chris and let you guys know about it. Chris, what am I looking at here? Uh, so this is what we call the Envy Ski Frame. So this is the product that we invented uh, about three years ago, and it allows you to wear any of the top manufacturer's snowboard boots to go downhill skiing. Now, wait a minute. Let me repeat that. You said I can wear my snowboard boot on an alpine ski. That is correct. Yeah, you can use any of the top manufacturer's boots, and you can pick whichever one fits your foot best, and then you can put it into our frame, and it clips into a standard alpine binding, just like a normal ski boot. Okay, so what this looks like is a, a footbed platform that's solid. 
that the normal alpine bindings lock into. And then on top, there are several straps like you might see on a snowboard that would hold a snowboard boot in place. But there's also a back brace with straps that locks your leg into the shape of a regular alpine boot. Now, a snowboard boot's not nearly as stiff as a downhill ski boot. So how does this work as far as performance goes? So this product has a fixed back. Uh, that gives you the support that you need to go alpine skiing. So the biggest part about skiing is being able to that forward resistance. So when you're leaning into a turn and loading up your skis into a turn, your foot doesn't just automatically fall forward. There's a lot of resistance, and you use your legs to kind of push into that, and it gives a spring-like um, reaction when you kind of come off of it and go from turn to turn. So when we were designing the ski frame, we wanted to make sure that it still had that same feeling as an alpine boot, um, which is why we integrated a, a spring-like design into the, um, the heel piece, uh, as we call it, uh, that still gives you that feel that like you're on a normal alpine boot. As far as performance goes, we recommend it for your casual skier. It's not going to be for an expert that's willing to sacrifice uh, comfort for performance. We like to say that our ski frame is the most comfortable way to go skiing for a full day on the hill. So the advantage then would be comfort, and I guess if you're a snowboarder, and you had these, then one pair of boots would take care of for both sports, right? Exactly. Yeah, so that's one of the other advantages of our product is that if you already snowboard and you want to learn how to ski, or if you ski and snowboard and are just sick and tired of your ski boots, this is a product that you could use without having to bring two sets of boots to the mountain. You could just bring our frames and your snowboard boots and be able to go skiing. Okay, so how did you guys come up with the idea? What was the inspiration for this? So I actually am a skier and a snowboarder, and when I was about 15, I would go skiing with my parents and my sisters. Uh, At the time, they were all skiers, and I was snowboarding. And their feet would get cold, their feet would hurt, they would have a hard time walking to and from the parking lot. And I had to kind of have the concept of why do they have to be in soft or in hard, clunky boots when I'm in my soft, comfortable snowboard boots? That was kind of where the idea was started. So we basically hacked apart a bunch of ski boots and snowboard bindings and created what we called the Franken boot um, in our garage and kind of proved the concept that you could use an exoskeleton on a snowboard with a snowboard boot and still have the support you needed to go skiing. From there on, once we had kind of proved to us that it could work, we started working with a plastics engineer and coming up with um, all the designs uh, in SolidWorks and had some 3D prints made and came to the SIA show about three years ago and just walked around with the product just to see if there was a market for it and to see if we were completely crazy or if this could be a concept that people would accept. Uh, We got a pretty good reaction, but we needed a lot of redesign before we brought the product to market. Uh, So we took the next two years and completely redesigned the product. We now use uh, a mix of materials. We have an aluminum base plate and an upper plastic shell, and we also use four straps. Um, And we're working with a a manufacturer overseas, but we do the assembly here in the United States. Well, it's a cool-looking product, and, you know, obviously I haven't tried it, but I can see how for somebody who just can't get a comfortable fit out of an alpine boot, and they're like, you know, I'm not going to be a double black diamond mobile basher. But I want to ski comfortably, and I want to be able to walk. This is cool. Yeah, so we've sold about 100 pairs so far in the last two months. That's about how long we've been on the consumer market. We ran a successful Kickstarter campaign uh, and raised over $13,000. We've just started getting some reviews back from some of our customers. And we had a guy call in the other day that he was over the moon because for the first time in 25 years with our product, he was able to ski for a full day. So that was really cool to hear back from an actual customer that said that the the comfort aspect of our product helps them stay on the slopes and be happier all day. Yeah, very, very cool. I like it. It's a good thing. So the company, again, is Envy Snow Sports. And what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, You can get in contact with me by going to our website, uh, envysnowsports.com, and filling out. uh, You can find my email, uh, which is chris at envysnowsports.com. Send me an email, and we can uh, get you guys set up with a discount, especially if you're a listener of of the podcast. Very cool. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Why don't you do yourself and us a favor and become a member of our Facebook group. In there, you can hear about some awesome adventures, learn how to do new ones, and share what you've been up to. And while you're on the web, do us a favor and go over to patreon.com slash adventuresportspodcast and consider becoming a patron to help the show. You can also find a link to patron at the top of our website at adventuresportspodcast.com. As always, thanks for listening, guys.